0: It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. How many are in any way prepared for what's coming in 2023? Engineered Earth. Weather and temperature whiplash are now the norm. A 75-degree temperature drop occurred in some regions of the U.S. in only hours, just in time for Christmas, and an almost 70-degree rebound only days after, in some of the same flash-frozen locations. Breaking headlines in a moment after a quick rundown on the U.S. weather mayhem. Now that the Christmas holiday Snowmageddon, a.k.a. Snowpocalypse, flash freeze event has been brought to an end with three named engineered events in all, Winterstorm Elliott, Winterstorm Fernando, and Winterstorm Gale, with Winterstorm Hudson next in line, many regions in the U.S. are back to far above normal temperatures, which are now scheduled to continue for a week to 10 days or more, though the climate engineers could change the schedule again. At any point of their choosing. The so-called experts are doing their best to convince populations that this is all just normal. Just nature, they say. Old man winter acting up. That's what we're told. So-called winter storms that now commonly get their moisture supply from the record warm Gulf of Mexico. So-called winter storms that officially have a, quote, warm side, complete with thunderstorms and tornadoes. And there's almost always the destructive ice storm transition zone between the warm moisture feed and the regions of the storm where, quote, the rain will change over to snow. That's a Weather Channel favorite mantra. Chemical ice nucleation, cloud seeding, tainted frozen material begins to fall from the skies in various forms, commonly beginning at far above freezing temperatures and often making for super slick roads, not just from ice. Consider that surfactants are now in our snow and ice. Lab tests prove this. Surfactants are what make soap soap. Surfactants are part of the climate engineering mix used to keep the climate intervention elements from coagulating together. In the U.S. West, incoming so-called storms are absolutely nothing like they were in decades past. I know. I live in the wilderness of Northern California. Instead of counterclockwise rotating low-pressure swirls, often several in a row, lined up out into the Pacific, bringing constant wind and rain squalls, now, more often than not, there's just drifting zonal flows of unorganized moisture that's constantly being sprayed by geoengineering jet aircraft. The jet dispersions are visible on satellite imagery. The chemical ice nucleation elements that are being seeded into the clouds scatter much of the moisture, diminishing the overall precipitation that would have otherwise fallen in California. The cooler air from the chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations sinks to the surface as the toxic mass of unorganized moisture migrates over land. There's often days of constant freezing drizzle from these processes without the constant Downpours in Northern California, again, that occurred in years past. The network of NEXRAD frequency transmitters then further scatter the incoming fire hose of Pacific moisture. This is part of climate engineering operations, part of how they manipulate the electrically conductive elements that are being seeded into the air mass, NEXRAD frequency transmitters. And the result. Much of the Western U.S. ends up with various degrees of largely rainless, often featureless cloud canopy that's thickened up in many regions with additional climate engineering atmospheric aerosol spraying operations. Welcome to solar radiation management. The Weather Channel Climate Engineering cover-up actors are yet again touting what they say is far above normal snowpack in the High Sierras, exactly what they said at this time last year. And then the geoengineers shut off the rain to the west for the entire winter, literally. In my location on the east side of Lake Shasta from late December 2021 to early April 2022, the entire winter, we had zero rainfall, none. There should have been about 50 inches of rain in my location during this period, none. None. Result, the worst drought in at least 1,200 years ongoing since 2007 continued, in spite of the sensationalized headlines put out by mainstream media from early in the season. What's coming for 2023? That completely depends on what the weathermakers have scheduled. Not opinion. Verifiable fact. The climate engineers control the spigot. Satellite imagery proves it. Stay tuned for much more on the subject of engineered weather mayhem next from the uk daily mail mysterious shockwave cracks earth's magnetosphere which protects our planet from dangerous space radiation from that report a shockwave barreled into earth's magnetic field and cracked its magnetosphere which protects our planet from space radiation the report says while the shockwave's origin is unknown scientists believe it came from a crackling sunspot that released eight solar flares on december 14th The crack can stay open for hours and allow solar winds to flow through. Let's consider this report. The experts again admitting they don't know what happened, but... No consideration of or even mention of the atmospherically destructive power of ionosphere heater installations like HARP, or the still-ongoing magnetosphere damage inflicted by Project Starfish Prime, the detonation of hydrogen bombs in the magnetosphere. For a massive dose of human insanity, view the documentary Trinity, the nuclear bomb movie narrated by William Shatner. Truly shocking. The atmosphere has been and continues to be decimated by countless forms of human activity. But the so-called experts will always find a way to blame nature. Doing so helps to pacify populations. Nothing to see here, they say. They tell us to just move along, continue our consumption and obliviousness to everything happening around us. And I'm not denying that there are cosmological events that happen, but when a subject as dire and massive as global climate intervention operations that involve nuking the atmosphere with extraordinarily powerful frequency transmissions, spraying of the atmosphere with highly toxic elements that destroy the ozone layer, disrupt the hydrological cycle, and cause a downstream cascading effect of total cataclysm. When all of that is completely omitted, we know that we're being given anything but the truth from the so-called experts on so many subjects from alaska native news this harp to bounce signal off asteroid in nasa experiment for those that don't know what harp is it's an extremely powerful ground-based radio frequency transmitter located in alaska it's called an ionosphere heater It can transmit three and a half million watts of power into the ionosphere heating it to extraordinarily high temperatures causing a massive bulge in the atmosphere up and down the downward push affects weather systems The report says this will be the first use of harp to probe an asteroid What a great distraction this headline provides for the weather makers. HARP, again an ionosphere heater, can't be engaged in climate engineering operations because they're being used for benign projects like bouncing its multi-million watt transmission off asteroids, smoke and mirrors, while the proverbial house burns down around us all. How easily so many are distracted. We can't know what they're doing with these inst- installations, but we certainly know the history of them. We know what they're capable of. We know the U.S. military has documents like owning the weather in 2025. We know that the weather modification history goes back over 100 years with patents going back just as far. We know that climate engineering operations were first fully deployed immediately after World War II. We know that Beta testing was going on during World War II. We have the film footage to prove it, even with B-17 bombers that were shutting off whatever they were spraying at altitude, because again, film footage shows this occurring. It's posted in or it's it's included in the GeoengineeringWatch.org groundbreaking documentary, the dimming. All I'm asking is for people to do real research. We face existential near-term threats. It's up to us to decide what our futures will be from here on out. Next headline, this one from Fox News. Farmer predicts worse food shortages and higher prices in 2023 amid inflation, drought, and interest rate hikes. That headline may sound bad to some. What's coming in 2023 will be far worse. Based on all available data on many fronts, I personally would be surprised if we reach the end of 2023 without a complete capsizing of our current paradigm. I could certainly be wrong. The insanity has already gone on longer than I thought it would. Or could and the primary reason too much of the population refusing to wake up no matter how close the oncoming train is that allows the controllers to continue the paradigm to the last possible moment but consider this the longer that collapse is delayed the more abrupt and catastrophic it will be once the branch breaks and that moment could be on any given day at this point so many factors are already so far past the breaking point That, again, on any given day, the controllers could play much bigger cards, and they hold many. But until that moment comes, they will continue with every form of mass distraction their media and science lapdogs can muster up. Speaking of which, from MIT, this report from this week, a startup says it's begun releasing particles in the atmosphere in an effort to tweak the climate. That's from MIT Technology Review so many are circulating this MIT report as some sort of proof of climate engineering, which it is not. Yes, climate engineering on an unimaginable scale is absolutely real and ongoing, an atmospheric Manhattan project, but reports like the one from MIT that portray climate engineering as some sort of rogue source, putting a few balloons into the atmosphere, which carries and releases possibly a few kilos of material, is in reality nothing more than a form of mass distraction from the countless jet aircraft tankers that have been dumping millions of tons of nanoparticles into our skies for decades. How much longer will this kind of distraction work to convince the majority of populations that they don't need to consider the jet aircraft they can see spraying in our skies? Just worry about the guy putting up a few balloons. The so-called... Climate scientists also continue to pretend this is the only form of geoengineering that's been deployed while the jet spraying rages in our skies, so blatant that all but the clinically blind can't miss it. But somehow the vast majority do miss it. They just can't seem to see it. It doesn't fit in their reality. To acknowledge it would be to alienate themselves from friends and family. And although that's very unpleasant... Sometimes it's necessary, lest we sacrifice the truth and all our futures with it. We're being lied to on a scale that defies true comprehension, on countless fronts, relating to countless issues. If you still believe the global controllers, a.k.a. the money printers, are here to help, think again. If the human race continues on the current course, our days are numbered. On that New Year's Eve note of good cheer... This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the end of the world as we know it broadcast, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. Moving on, more climate engineering cover-up from the so-called experts. From the University of Utah, human-caused emissions create new cloud-forming particles, report states, human activity is changing atmospheric chemistry, even in remote places. That part's true. That could alter how and when clouds form. Could, may, might? Of course it would alter that. They continue, an important link between the formation of new aerosol particles from emissions and their growth into particles that water can condense around shows how human activity may be changing cloud formation. Again, could, may, might? No, it's something that anybody who has any sense of vision, reason, and logic, can see. The study is published in Atmospheric Chemistry and Physics and funded by the National Science Foundation. That's a bought and paid for organization. Question, what exactly is science at this point? What exactly has it become? It's now the bought and paid for so-called expert narrative that goes to the highest bidder. Those with the most money and power control the so-called science that's how it works more on this theme this is a follow-up report from multiple sources can geoengineering fix the climate hundreds of scientists say not so fast the biden administration is developing a controversial solar geoengineering research plan we covered that in previous broadcasts. to the dismay of many experts the addition of aerosols would have to be continuous to maintain the cooling That's a lie by itself. What you have is, it's called double catastrophe scenario. The climate science community trying to convince us that once you start climate engineering, you can never stop. That's like telling the drug addict, once you start a habit, you can never stop until you're dead. In fact, if we don't stop, we're done. If we don't allow the planet to respond to the damage already done, we have no chance. This report continues. It could be weaponized, obviously. We have Lyndon Johnson in 62, 60 years ago telling us, he who controls the weather controls the world. What do we think he's talking about? Someone very benevolently controlling the world? Do we think Lyndon Johnson was benevolent in any way, shape, or form? The planet's being run by a criminally insane cabal. That's the fact of the matter. But the report says it could be weaponized. It could be misused. Imagine if, say, India and Pakistan disagree over one of them doing this. David Keith, there he is again the face of geoengineering disinformation. Professor of Applied Physics and Public Policy at Harvard University estimates that around 2 million tons of sulfur a year injected via a fleet of about 100 high-flying aircraft spraying sulfur into the skylight of the Earth could deplete the ozone layer. Could, Mr. Keith? How about already has? And how come his narrative changes literally more times than I can remember The symposium in which I confronted Dr. Keith, I played that audio in this broadcast before. That was an international geoengineering conference in 2010. I was banned from the future conferences after that. But at that conference, he was pushing 10 megatons, 10 million tons of aluminum nanoparticulates. Now it's 2 million tons of sulfur. Dr. David Keith has altered his narrative too many times to accurately recount or recall. Moving on, more insanity from the so-called experts. This one from USA Today earlier this week. Winter Storm Elliot, question mark. Blizzard, question mark. Bomb Cyclone, question mark. What happened to calling it weather? The author of the USA Today article then continues with some sarcasm that's very due in this case. Will Christmas be canceled, question mark. Is this going to be a holiday snowmageddon, question mark, or a snowpocalypse, question mark. Is there a reason I'm typing in all caps and appear exhilarated about a massive winter storm poised to wreak havoc on holiday travelers across the central and Northern Plains, the upper Midwest and the great lakes region question mark. He finishes with this. Well, yes, I guess there is a reason we here at the Institute for catchy, extreme weather terminology, obviously being sarcastic are just over the moon, excited about this storm. It's like an early Christmas present for us and for the cable and nightly news, weather forecasters we serve. This is what it's about. And this sarcastic commentary on the sensationalized winter weather everything is deserved. They sensationalize it to make an impression on populations. They carry out this kind of event over the holidays with maximum impact because of that. And people don't remember the meltdowns occurring around the globe, the 121 degree temperatures in British Columbia along the coastline that happened last year, inconceivably high temperatures, 60 plus degrees above normal. That would be like Los Angeles being 150 degrees on a warm summer day. Think about that. We don't see any, sensationalize anything about that for very long, just back pages of the paper, perhaps. This last summer, in my location on the east side of Lake Shasta in the force of Northern California we had temperatures at midnight of 95 degrees this is absolutely inconceivable this is something you might expect in Death Valley not the forests of Northern California but there's no media on anything like that completely overlooked Understanding the engineered winter weather aspect of climate engineering is imperative if we're to be effective at exposing and stopping global climate engineering operations. About winterstorm Storm Elliott, the endothermic reacting ice nucleating elements also act as desiccants. They absorb and accrete moisture and scatter it, aka they dry up much of the available moisture in the process of creating the cool down. Thus, much of the formerly scheduled snow totals for winterstorm Storm Elliott didn't happen was the final fallback of the weathermakers to yet again utilize ionosphere heater-manipulated atmospheric pressure zones, which fuel surface winds across the record-warm Great Lakes, which in turn creates the lake-effect snow machine to pile up a few feet of frozen material in the usual locations like Buffalo, New York. When this moisture that's picked up from the record-warm Great Lakes is chemically nucleated, that is a very simple operation from a climate engineering standpoint. Did this give the controllers and the climate engineers the desired sensationalized snowmageddon and snowpocalypse images which mainstream media uses to convince populations that the world is freezing to death when in fact we're hurling headlong into total meltdown on planet earth with climate engineering further fueling the overall fire? Unfortunately, many Even alternative media sources are also touting the engineered winter weather mayhem as proof of global cooling, the exact narrative the controllers and the climate engineers want. Moving on, more engineered winter weather mayhem. This week from multiple sources, deadly snow in Japan. Another parallel headline from Insider.com, record levels of snowfall in Japan leave 17 dead and 90 people injured. The report says the scope of the winter storm has been unprecedented. With headlines like this, how many remember what happened just this summer in Japan? Here's a reminder of a BBC article published in late June Japan swelters in its worst heat wave ever recorded. Another headline, this one from multiple sources Japan chance of extreme summer heat raised by 240 times. That's inconceivable. That was published in September. Record high temperatures are being shattered and reshattered constantly all over the world, even with an underreporting of official high temperatures, which we see all the time in places we monitor around the country. But these records are dropping at an even faster pace. Yet the controllers and the climate engineers know that if they can pull off enough winter weather events in enough locations, especially around the holidays, that many will forget all about. The unfolding planetary meltdown in fact even more advantageous for the controllers the engineered weather mayhem drives a deep wedge into societies between those that recognize the damage we have done to the planet and those that cling to denial because to do otherwise would be to admit that the carbon fuel carnival is killing us all and even worse Neither side of this equation is willing to acknowledge the climate engineering elephant in the equation as it rages on in our skies. Let's keep going. There's more. From the MoscowTimes.com, a reminder of this pre-Christmas headline, Moscow pummeled by historic snowfall. In fact, it was a record snowfall. Different country, same reasons, same motivations by the government's. The countries with the biggest militaries are most capable of pulling off the biggest events. Keep that in mind. Even Hawaii got in on the engineered winter weather, the kind of headline that the controllers and the climate engineers relish. From Fox News, Hawaii pummeled with near blizzard conditions. When Hawaii gets snowed in, who could believe the planet's warming? That's the point of one of the major points of them carrying out this kind of operations. And it skews, radically skews, the overall global temperature statistics. They take as many temperatures as they can from as many locations as they can when they engineer this kind of event, and that radically masks the true severity of planetary meltdown, smoke and mirrors, top to bottom. What are the characteristics of chemically nucleated frozen material? It tends to sublimate like dry ice. Sublimation means that much of it can, under specific conditions, and depending on what elements they seeded, can turn from a solid to a gas, bypassing the liquid phase, which means there's not nearly as much runoff under many circumstances. Again, there's no absolutes. We can't know in any given instance what they're using for nucleating elements, but sublimation is a factor. The chemically frozen material can often be much colder than the surrounding ambient temperatures. Again, that's a characteristic of an artificially nucleated frozen material. Let's add more pieces to the puzzle from the National Library of Medicine. This peer-reviewed science study titled Ice Nucleation Activity of Graphene and Graphene Oxides. Graphene oxide seeded into our clouds? Not speculation, not just a proposal, almost all of the last 100 precipitation tests conducted by scientists working directly with geoengineeringwatch.org have contained graphene. This is frozen and liquid precipitation tests. If that doesn't alarm you, it should. Completely unnatural snowflake shapes and sizes, also indicative of an artificially nucleated frozen material. Freezing rain that sets up on contact is now very common. In fact, I saw a week and a half ago, Weather Channel paid climate engineering cover actors stating that we should expect in some locations the rain to freeze instantly as it hit the ground. That's not nature. And this is occurring so often in the transition zone between the so-called warm side of the so-called winter storms and the cold side of the same storm often, again, fed in the continental US with moisture from the record warm Gulf of Mexico, does that make sense to anyone? And anyone that believes that it's normal or just nature to have a warm side to a winter storm, again, originating in the Gulf of Mexico, needs to recheck the reality. And this question, how toxic is the chemical ice nucleation mix? Ultimately, there's no way to know exactly what the geoengineers are dumping into our skies and the clouds from one event to another. But the following is what happened to me and the crew of seven that I was supervising on a habitat restoration forest understory thinning project in 2005. This is on the east side of Lake Shasta in the wilderness there. An engineered cool down was taking place over our heads, no question. We could hear the parade of jets passing over the so far rainless cloud canopy. That's typical when they're beginning a surface cool down. Over the course of perhaps 20 or 30 minutes, there was a radical temperature drop. Frozen material began to fall, some of it like pellets, some like hail, some like small cotton balls. Within 30 minutes, six of us developed nosebleeds, myself included. We retreated to our vehicles, loaded the chainsaws, and got out of it. But I ask this, what kind of world do we live in? With what kind of insanity running the matrix? What was dumped on us? What about all the forest inhabitants, the soil microbiome, the trees, all of it exposed to this toxic climate modification, chemical ice nucleation dumping for how many decades? It's truly a wonder that anything is still alive. We were able to take shelter from the fallout. The web of life can't, and we'll all soon pay the price if climate intervention operations are allowed to continue. The unbridled arrogance and hubris of those in power to think they have the right to play God with the weather, to completely derail, decimate, contaminate the life-support systems of the planet, the entire web of life, from the clouds to the ground. The vast majority still turn two blind eyes to the skies. Denial feels better to them for the moment. The controllers couldn't do what they do without such fluoridated societal apathy. The cycle must be broken, Or we have no chance. The consciousness of what they, aka the money printers behind it all, are doing in our skies courses through my veins all day, every day. This knowledge fuels a righteous rage that I can never suppress, nor do I want to. It's my fuel for the fight. We must never surrender to the insanity, ever. All that we care about, all that matters, is in the balance. Another report from this week from Fox News. Denver Airport sees record-breaking temperature drop. Denver Airport went from above 51 to 24 below. 75 degree drop in 18 hours. Now Denver is scheduled to rebound back to the 60s. And no, this isn't nature. It's not normal. And for those that are quick to state that this kind of scenario has happened in Denver for decades, consider and remember that climate engineering operations have been fully deployed for over 75 years. Patented processes of chemical ice nucleation for weather modification have existed for at least 72 years. And Denver is a prime target for this type of cool down. I've said this before in previous broadcasts because it sits in a basin. And the cold, dense air created from chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding descends to the surface and it sits in that basin thus they can truly maximize their effects in Denver. The following comment was submitted to geoengineeringwatch.org last week. Here it is. I felt it needed to be stated on the air. My sister just went through a flash freeze outside Ithaca, New York. She said it rained for three days with temperatures around 40. In one hour the temperature dropped to zero froze her pipes, and almost killed her horses. She got small frostbite spots on her hands, but only stayed outside about 15 minutes at a time. Horses' rain-soaked hides froze solid, and they had to roll in the ground to break up the ice in the barn. I sent her your latest broadcast. Thank you, Dane. A thank you to this commenter for sharing this information and for standing with us in this battle. And for the record, again, chemically ice-nucleated frozen material which I won't dignify by calling snow, can often be extremely cold to the touch. That's what it adheres to hides, to trees, to other obstacles in its path. It's much colder, again, than even the surrounding ambient temperatures. The longer the chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding is conducted, the colder the surface temperatures get. And please, to anyone, everyone listening to this broadcast, please don't believe anything I say. Please Conduct objective research. Look at the patents. Look at the governmental studies reports Senate documents the history of weather warfare and Climate engineering. It's incredibly massive film footage of these aircraft at altitude nozzles visible turning on and off end of discussion It is not condensation If you don't believe your own eyes, there's nothing I can tell you that will make you consider and accept what you don't want to believe Will the self-proclaimed environmentalist help us to stop climate engineering? Not so much. From far-left commentator Tom Hartman, the Hartman report, this, how global warming makes it freezing cold. Climate engineering cover-up actor, again. The Hartman report then asks, so how does global warming produce record-breaking cold? Question mark. And then the answer, it appears to have a lot to do with global warming messing with the jet stream. That sounds really researched and scientific, doesn't it? Just a hip-shot guess. But here we have the far left that claim to be very environmentally aware and conscious covering up climate engineering because they're told that only fringe conspiracy theorists believe that the governments around the globe would actually deploy what the entire global climate science community is telling them to do. Is that absurd? Completely absurd that What we see in our skies, the material falling on the ground, the negative effects we see, destroyed ozone layer, the cutting off of precipitation in some regions, the deluges in other regions, the engineered winter events, and we know it's engineered, we're testing the precipitation, we know climate engineering elements are in it, that we're to ignore all of this because we're told it isn't so. There's more idiocy. Let's keep going. From the Washington Post this week. Scientists say Arctic warming could be to blame for blast of extreme cold. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Weren't we just told that winter storm Elliot was caused by a blast of, quote, Arctic air? Yet we're told the Arctic warming is what's actually making the cooling. They make it up as they go. And how many bite hook, line, and sinker and go on about their lives as if nothing's wrong? From multiple sources also last week, has climate change made extreme cold even colder? And though, of course, that doesn't make sense. In fact, let's dig a little deeper on this. Where did the term climate change come from? In 1998, which was the warmest year ever recorded up to that point, when the climate engineers decided to radically double down on these operations because the negative effects were kicking in, the planet was warming even faster, they knew they would need a term that would make people think that these flash cool-down events were part of global warming. So they had to come up with the term climate change, and that's when they came up with it. If the term fits, many people stop thinking, oh, they said climate change would cause more global cooling as well, and they ignore what should be logical, rational reality. You don't have more extreme cool-downs on a rapidly warming world unless something is causing that, something unnatural, something in many cases chemical. Again, search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn so much more. About the Arctic. From Yahoo News, thawing permafrost is roiling the Arctic landscape, driven by a hidden world of changes beneath the surface as the climate warms. The report states across the Arctic, strange things are happening to the landscape. Massive lakes, several square miles in size, have disappeared in the span of a few days. Hillsides slump, ice-rich ground collapses, leaving the landscape wavy where it was once flat and in some locations creating vast fields of large sunken polygons. It's evidence that permafrost, the long frozen soil below the surface, is thawing. That's bad news, the article states, for the communities built above it and for the global climate. Now, it's bad news for all of us, and to say it's bad news is a gross understatement. There's enough frozen methane in the Arctic alone to turn the planet into a true sister to Venus. The methane release triggers a runaway feedback loop that fuels itself once it's started it's called venus syndrome and it's not a metaphor search geoengineeringwatch.org venus syndrome to learn more climate intervention operations in the misguided attempt to mask the problem and thus to keep business as usual for a bit longer to maintain their global control are actually further fueling the meltdown this issue isn't somewhere over the horizon it's here You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the Bad News Broadcast. Installment number 386, December 31st, 2022. Buckle up. What's coming next year will make this year seem like a Club Med vacation. This is Dane Wiginton, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by GeoengineeringWatch.org, your largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour... Is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Florida, Texas, two stations in San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, two Colorado stations including Denver, Portland, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Santa Cruz, San Bernardino, California, Washington State, Alabama, Columbus, Ohio, New York State, two stations in the far north of California, Tucson, Arizona, and the Carolinas, north and south geoengineering watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to all those that have helped us to expand our reach and our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm on that subject if you're on our email list please put us on your email contact book so that our mail outs don't go to the spam file please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary the dimming which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities the dimming documentary now has over a million views on youtube the best way to share is by circulating the direct link to the dimming by email, directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of the dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. About reaching those that still aren't looking up, Geoengineering Watch awareness-raising materials can be found on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. They're very high quality printed materials that we pass on for at or below our cost. Our new Geoengineering Watch hoodies are now in stock and available for ordering. Stay warm while sharing awareness and sounding the alarm also our new geoengineering watch shirts both with very high quality four color images on both sides scannable business cards and bumper stickers all effective tools to help start a conversation on the climate engineering issue waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative if we can expose it we can stop it from the inside out as we awaken our military brothers and sisters to what they're participating in their own demise ultimately and ours and they're being told they're doing something for the greater good which couldn't be further from the truth that's how the system works it's always been that way was the pilot in vietnam told that spraying agent orange was going to kill his comrade on the ground of course not there's this footnote as well if you want to share a picture with a geoengineering watch t-shirt or new hoodie perhaps at a gym farmer's market or busy street downtown etc please send us your photo so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. Moving on to 2023. What's coming? From Wired.com, this headline, El Nino is coming and the world isn't prepared. From that report, global heating will set the stage for extreme weather everywhere in 2023. The consequences are likely to be cataclysmic. Their words, not mine. Certainly, I agree with them, though. The report continues, the relentless increase in global heating will continue bringing ever more disruptive weather. That is the signature calling card of accelerating climate breakdown. It's also the signature calling card of completely out of control climate intervention operations. Those who, in their arrogance, those at the top, the controllers, the money printers, who thought they could indefinitely manipulate the climate system, now know that what they have triggered can't be stopped. And this is on top of all the other forms of human activity that have decimated the planet. And there's too many to count. And I know too many people that are trying to pretend that isn't so. That we could somehow continue to burn a hundred million barrels of carbon fuel a day without consequence. That is a completely ludicrous notion that we could frack the planet everywhere contaminating groundwater, releasing methane from those sources as well, contaminating groundwater forever, by the way, where would I start with the amount of insanity the human race has wrought on planet Earth? Climate engineering being the biggest of all, and that's saying a lot. It doesn't outweigh all of their sources combined, but it is the biggest single piece of the puzzle of all. And we have articles like this from so-called science sources that completely ignore the climate engineering elephant because their paymasters control The narrative. The report continues, the La Nina pattern of the last three years has helped to keep a lid on global temperatures. This means that despite the recent widespread heatwaves, wildfires, and droughts, we have actually been spared the worst. The scary thing is, the report says, that this La Nina will end and eventually transition into a better known El Nino, which sees the waters of the equatorial Pacific becoming much warmer. When this happens, the extreme weather that is rampaged across our planet in 2021 and 2022 will pale into insignificance. Let's stop there for a moment. The climate engineers have had power to suppress the El Nino event. How could they possibly do that, many would ask. When they can control atmospheric pressure zones, thus wind patterns, thus ocean currents, they have been able to suppress this heat in the oceans. When they can push winds offshore, and in a sense, mask the upwelling that triggers El Nino, they can keep this lid on for a while, but at what cost? And once they can't continue this, that heat is released from the oceans. And for those that don't know, A cubic meter of seawater, I've stated this many times in this broadcast, a cubic meter of seawater can contain 4,000 times the thermal energy of a cubic meter of air. Think about it. If you put an empty pan with a lid on it, on your stove, and turn the heat on underneath it, that air inside will heat up extremely fast. Put a pan full of ice water on the stove. takes a long, long time. But when that ice is gone, when that water warms, that's a tremendous amount of energy, and it's being released now. And that's why we have mathematically, statistically, and please don't believe me about what I'm about to say, please look it up. The planet is warming at the thermal energy equivalent rate right now of seven Hiroshima bombs per second. I didn't misspeak. Per second, This report continues, a global average temperature rise of 1.5 C is widely regarded as marking a guardrail beyond which climate breakdown becomes dangerous. Above this figure, our once stable climate will begin to collapse in earnest, becoming all-pervasive, affecting everyone, and insinuating itself into every aspect of our lives. Guess what? Based on frontline temperature data, it appears we are past 3.5 degrees C right now. And the kind of engineered cooldowns that I've talked about through much of this broadcast are masking the totality of warming that has already occurred. Why would they do this when we see the green community pushing that it's warming, but not acknowledging this much heat because they don't want to panic the population? And as far as the green community and the so-called environmental groups, their hypocrisy is mind-numbing to me that they can pretend electric cars will save us or wind turbines will save us. And we'll all live happily ever after. That couldn't be further from the truth. Please watch the film Planet of the Human. Search it online and watch it. About just how non-renewable, so-called renewable energy is. Better than outright burning of carbon fuel. I grant that. But it's not going to save us. And on the other side of this divide, I know people, intelligent people, who, because they have so much disdain for Al Gore, literally, they have taken the position that nothing Al Gore says is true. And that's as far as they've thought this through. And that's exactly what the Global Controllers wanted Gore to do, play the part of such an unimaginable hypocrite that many would, without a second thought, take the opposite position of whatever Al Gore said. Al Gore's a part of the Matrix, and he is playing his part, his assigned part. To polarize populations, how are our oceans doing? Short answer, they're dying by the day including plankton populations, without which we all die. Not only are plankton the base of the food chain, the ocean food chain, but they're the largest oxygen production source on the planet from 50 to 70%, depending on the study. Plankton populations in the Atlantic have already crashed. They're down 90%. This is based on peer-reviewed study. Other oceans are close behind. Pelagic fish populations, a.k.a. the food fish, are down by about 90%. Bluefin tuna populations is down about 98%. We know what happened to the snow crabs, don't we? An estimated 11 billion, gone. No more. So let's consider this headline from this week. Move over beyond burger. That's the a.k.a. that's the fake meat burger. Fishless fish is making a splash on grocery store shelves. There you have it. Nothing to worry about. Fake burgers, fake fish, electric vehicles, and we'll all live happily ever after. For the record, when I point out that what we're being told are solutions actually aren't, I often hear from individuals that are very angry. They tell me that I need to come up with a better solution before I'm allowed to criticize an existing non-solution. Does that seem rational? Here's the red pill. There is No known silver bullet solution for what the human race has done to the planet, and thus ourselves, in the geologic blink of an eye, and all the while with the criminally insane still running the entire circus. But the first leap in the right direction is to face the unspun truth, however bitter that pill may be. Again, this reminder, the hallmark of a healthy mind is an unyielding willingness to face the truth, no matter how dire. Moving on, perhaps we can just irrigate more desert farms for food with Colorado River water. Or maybe not. From TheHill.com this week, Arizona mulls piping in water from Mexico as Colorado River continues to decline. From that report, Arizona's top water authority is mulling a plan to pump water from a desalinization plant by the Sea of Cortez a.k.a. the Gulf of California, in a bid to lessen the state's reliance on the Colorado River. The desalinization project could face tough regulatory hurdles, in part because of its environmental impact. This is the epitome of human insanity. Just keep doubling down. Desalinization plants are an absolute disaster. That will kill anything that might still be alive in that region. And I spent time in my childhood there. It was unimaginably beautiful. The whole Colorado River Delta, in where it dumped into the Gulf. And there were fish there. Sea bass, 200 plus pounds, regularly caught, gone, all of it gone. I have such vivid memories from my childhood in in that region and the beautiful people that lived there, now all suffering without food, in so many cases refugees. And I recognize that they can't all come here, but there's so much more to the equation, and the U.S. government and what they have done to the climate to the ability of people in other countries to grow food is absolutely an act of war. Climate intervention operations have cut off the flow of precipitation to so many parts of Mexico, just like they've cut off the precipitation to so many parts of the US and so many other parts around the world. And who's the biggest actor in the climate engineering drama? The US military. Again, military bigger than the next 10 militaries combined with the tanker fleet, an aerial tanker fleet that is three times bigger than all other air tankers and all other militaries combined. So back to the desalinization plant proposal. Again, total insanity. Chile's already done it. Other countries have done it. And it's simply doubling down on the complete toxification, trashing of the entire planet. And to think that they could desalinate and pump enough water from the Gulf of Mexico to keep the... Perpetual expansion, going in Arizona. It's total insanity. If there's some other intelligent life out there in the universe watching the human race, why would they bother to save us from ourselves? The tendency for self-annihilation in our species is mind-numbing. It's truly mind-numbing. Just how bad is the Western water crisis? This bad. From waterdesk.org. Colorado okays drinking treated wastewater. And now, to convince the public it's a good idea. That's the headline. The report says Colorado regulators, after years of study, negotiations, and testing, approved a new rule that clears the way for drinking-treated wastewater, Colorado being one of a handful of states in the country to do so, direct potable reuse, that's called DPR, involves sophisticated filtering and disinfection of sewage water for drinking water purposes, with no environmental buffer, such as a wetland or a river, between the wastewater treatment plant and the drinking water treatment plant. The water is then sent out throughout the city's drinking water system. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Wastewater intended for drinking will require extensive disinfection and filtration, among other techniques, all of which are intended to eliminate pathogens, at least they're trying. Does that make you feel comfortable and confident? Like viruses and bacteria and remove drugs and chemicals to safe and or non-detectable levels. Maybe not safe, but maybe they just can't detect it anymore. Utah and Arizona participated in Colorado's work sessions demonstrating the interest in what could become an important new water source in the West. Desalinization from the Gulf of Mexico. Drinking sewage water. And all the while because the climate engineers are cutting off the flow of rain. And the public is going about their lives like nothing's wrong. More on poisoning water supplies this week from ProPublica.org. The Cold War legacy lurking in U.S. groundwater. In America's rush to build the nuclear arsenal that won the Cold War, safety was sacrificed for speed. Uranium mills that helped fuel the weapons also dumped radioactive toxic waste into rivers. Business as usual. Look at Fort Lejeune with all the ads on TV now. For 30-something years, they knew the groundwater was poisoned or the water system was poisoned, and they didn't tell anybody. If you're a soldier in the U.S. military and you think you're being patriotic, I'm sorry to say you're serving the empire that doesn't give a damn about you. And I say this as a person who gave to D.A.V for about a decade, Disabled American Veterans, and VFW, Veterans of Foreign Wars. I worked with rehabbing vets that were horribly disfigured because my heart bled for them. But it doesn't change the overlying scenario. This is about empire. Final footnote on contaminated water being piped through existing water systems. The highest metal concentrations in US public water systems are found among Hispanic, Latino, and American Indian communities. Imagine that. I'm sure there's nothing nefarious going on with that. Our government wouldn't do that. Would they? Right. Moving on. From the LA Times. Full on water crisis. Groundwater in California's Central Valley disappearing at an alarming rate. Scientists have discovered that the pace of groundwater depletion in California's Central Valley has accelerated dramatically. But wait. Perhaps the climate engineers will turn on the spigot for just a bit. This week from the UK Guardian. Atmospheric river pummels California with heavy rain and snow. While the rest of the U.S. digs out from the Arctic blast, the Golden State sees welcome showers to mitigate dry days in coming new year. That's a quote, again, from this article. Really? Showers are going to mitigate a once-in-1200-year drought ongoing for 15 years? And over that 15 years since 2007, my location on the east side of Lake Shasta is over 500 inches of rain short, and a few showers are going to fix that? The scheduled rain is almost always late and less It's not nearly what it's sensationalized as being. And about orographically enhanced rain, it isn't occurring. What is orographically enhanced rain? It means when a location like Redding in Northern California in the valley gets 33 inches of rain, that's the normal annual rainfall. Regions like mine, northeast of Redding, gets 70 inches of rain. Regions further northeast of me historically got 120 inches of rain. That's not occurring. If Redding gets 33 inches of rain. Those regions that formerly got 120 inches of rain might get 50 or 60. And that's what's depleting the runoff everywhere. But it goes under the radar because official agencies just report deluges in some of the more recognized zones and they mask the lack of orographically enhanced rain. And even when the rain does come, it's toxic killing soil microbiome, affecting root systems, killing the trees from the bottom up, making them weak so that beetles take over and then the official agencies blame it all on the beetles. Beetles are only a symptom. Forests are dying around the globe. In the western U.S., the fir trees are dying in mass. Every fir tree in the forest around me is dead or dying. Same thing extends up through Oregon and Washington. No one is talking about this while they're showing us the scripted political theater of the absurd day in and day out on mainstream media. We're in a fight for life right here, right now. We lose the forest and we have no chance. Almost out of time on this on air broadcast from LifeScience.com, Greenland's glaciers are melting a hundred times faster than estimated. From that report, Greenland's glaciers are melting a hundred times faster than previously calculated, according to a new model that takes into account the unique interaction between ice and water at the island's fjords. Stop and consider that. A hundred times faster, 10,000% worse than we thought. Why didn't they know? We knew at geoengineeringwatch.org, I have stated so many times in this broadcast that what is actually unfolding is exponentially worse than anything we're being told about. And of course, they're climate engineering. Of course, governments around the globe have launched climate engineering because that's what they do. Just do more of what you did to get us into this position, to try to get us out of this position. The definition of insanity. Another headline this week, Emperor Penguin at Risk of Extinction. This is Antarctica. Along with two-thirds of native Antarctic species. Not so good news from weather.com. Polar bear populations plummeting in polar bear capital of the world. From the UK Guardian, dolphins may suffer from Alzheimer's disease, say researchers in Scotland. Not just dolphins, but long fin pilot whales and other species are found now with this degenerative metal in their tissue. From greenmatters.com plunging earthworm populations could collapse entire ecosystems. It goes on and on and on. While mainstream media continues to put out endless bread and circus in the most divisive and polarizing way possible, a form of mass distraction, conflicts are erupting and escalating in more and more regions around the world. Resource depletion, environmental collapse will continue to stoke this process at an ever more rapid pace. The entire so-called green revolution is little more than a repackaged form of industrialized society. Most forms of so-called green energy are, at best, not much more than carbon fuel extenders. How many stop to consider the extraordinary amount of resources it takes to manufacture and transport a 450-foot-tall wind turbine with 180-foot blades that are tossed into landfills when the turbine's limited lifespan is over, perhaps 15 years or less, with considerable maintenance all along the way, and What about all the infrastructure that is necessary to get this power to where it's needed? Resources and more resources. The climate engineers are radically impacting atmospheric convection patterns and thus wind. The overall result is a reduction in surface wind patterns and thus reducing wind turbine power production. Again, the key word is overall reduction in wind. When they choose, the climate engineers can create extreme surface winds, but those also are not helpful for wind turbines. Solar power panels also are being tossed into landfills when their life is over. And no, they don't last forever. And now the disintegrating ozone layer, climate engineering operations, the core causal factor in that equation, is shortening solar panel lifespans even further. On the days when the climate engineers are plastering the skies with toxic heavy metal and polymer fibers, solar power can be reduced by 75% or more. Hydropower is the best energy option, but climate engineering operations, again, are radically diminishing hydropower production because the geoengineers are cutting off rain to so many parts of the world, regions that generally produce food as well. Can carbon fuels or nuclear power save us? How's that going so far? Death sentence. There is no known silver bullet solution in this equation. The only way forward is to stop doing damage to the planet's remaining life support systems. Collectively speaking, the human race is insane and is in the process of exterminating itself. But even now, with the planet's life support systems collapsing on every front, the vast majority, including nearly the whole of alternative media, don't see it coming. Or at least aren't willing to admit to it. Not yet. The mainstream media weapon of mass distraction is doing their best to distract, divide, and polarize till the moment of impact, of total collapse, bread and circus till the brutal bitter end. And about what's coming, it won't seem real until it is. There are deeply ingrained delusions that if the corruptness of the system of the matrix can be remedied, everything will magically work out. Again, good luck with that. A malignant cancer can't be fixed. Even if every single form of destructive human activity stopped this second, including climate engineering operations, collapse is still a given. It's baked into the equation at this point. And forgive me, I'm not done yet. Again, this example is appropriate. As I've tried to point out so many times, the human race are like the occupants of a car that has crashed through the guardrail and is sailing through the air toward the bottom of the canyon. No amount of pressure on the brake pedal matters at this point. Replacing the brakes, the tires, doesn't matter. The car and its passengers are going to the bottom of the canyon. Are the majority concerned? No. They're still hitting the accelerator while simultaneously fighting over which radio station to listen to. Again, sorry if you've already heard this example, but it's an accurate portrayal of the human race, taken as a whole. The image is burned into my mind. And yes, this all sounds like the worst, most pessimistic New Year's message possible. But is it? First, reality isn't a matter of optimism or pessimism. Reality is reality. However one chooses to frame it, the water level in the proverbial cup is what it is. Is it the proverbial water level in the cup that matters most? Does it matter at all? Or is it our response to it that actually matters? What would the Creator ask of us? The greater the challenge, the more potential for us, each of us, all of us, to rise to the occasion, to discover who we really are, what our true potential actually is as human beings, as spiritual beings. What we collectively face is a grand and golden opportunity to discover, to uncover why we are here and what we're made of. And whatever comes, if we face it with courage and resolve, if we refuse to yield to the fading of the light, the story ends well, no matter how the final chapter unfolds. It is with this level of determination and acceptance that we can actually make a difference, even at this late hour. Instead of focusing on the tidal wave looming over us all, remember what's in your control and what isn't. Focus all your efforts, emotions, and energy on what is. This is how we can make a difference. This is how we can yet turn the tide. Not to save the paradigm that painted us into this dark corner in the first place, but to salvage enough of the planet's remaining life support systems so that some can survive, can learn, can evolve, can grow, can learn to live with nature, with creation, and not against it. Man's war against nature could only ever be a death sentence. The highest and seemingly most unclimbable summits can be conquered one arduous step at a time and when you refuse to give up, upon reaching the summit, looking back at the path you've come, consider that what you thought was impossible wasn't and that you did it. What life could be better lived than this to preserve at all costs, no matter what we face, our honor, our morality, our virtue, and our dedication to the whole, to nature, to the web of life, to creation, on which our lives and our children's completely depend. True solace can only be found in facing and embracing the gathering storm, head-on. As I've tried to point out so many times, hiding in your cabin below the deck of the Titanic won't save you. Together, those who are already awake can move this fight forward. We can reach a critical mass. If we fully expose the insanity in our skies, we could cause a shockwave around the world as populations realize what their governments have done to them, their children, and the web of life without their knowledge or consent. A global army of the awakened could even now, alter the outcome in spite of those who will refuse to wake up even as they take their last breath. Exposing and halting the climate intervention insanity is the first and most important leap we can collectively make in the right direction. There is no place to hide from what's being sprayed into our skies. Sharing credible data from a credible source is key. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific details on how you can move this fight forward. Please make your voice heard while it can still make a difference. Stay strong. Never yield to the insanity, ever. Until next week, indeed next year, this is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.